inspire. From Spire, I'm Jeff Saris. And I'm Amara Andrew. And this is Control F. The show about finding answers. So, Amara. So, Jeff. Do you have a story for us today? I sure do. I actually have many stories for you. Ooh. All today? <laughs> all today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all today, all the time. <laughs> our, entire, our entire series will be right now in 30 minutes. Ready, go. <laughs> so this one time, this guy did this thing, and then all this stuff happened, and then here's the world. Mm, uh-huh. mm. Congrats. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> so, do you remember the last time you ate a blondie? A blondie. So probably when we were in Austin, Texas at Picnic. That's right. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) You're a winner. Woo! (laughs) So I think that was actually the first time I've ever had a blondie. Mm. I genuinely, I can't even think of, or no, maybe at like some random bake sale or something. Mm -hmm. Like when people sell random things and it's (laughs) like, oh, this might be kind of sketchy. This came from your house. I don't know where that came from. And give me them all. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take them all. Yeah, because the only time you have a bake sale really is when you're like a kid. Or not you have a or bake sale. if it's at a farmer's market. Oh, So a yeah. farmer's market does have that sort of bake sale adjacency. Wow, it does. Adjacency. <laughs> bake, hashtag bake sale adjacency, anyone? <laughs> um, so uh, just for the sake of ease, I'm going to claim that Picnic was the first place I've ever had a blondie. Mm-hmm. And that fucking blew my mind. Like, you know how much it did. I seriously, I think I ate three or four of them like per day. And it was funny too, because like I would buy multiples of them when we were at picnic and then I would put them in my purse and they have butter in them. So I actually forgot about the butter and I like we were, or I was there, we were there for a conference. (laughs) Um, I was there for a conference, but you came along, which was awesome. But yeah, so I had them in my purse and in the heat of Austin, Texas in August, all the butter was melting in my purse and it was a nice leather purse. (laughs) And so I'd open it up and I was like, ew, what is this? And then I picked it out and I was like, oh no, my blondie's melting. (laughs) So it's just supple leather. Yeah. It's it's a better purse than it ever was. You know, it really is actually. It's very supple now. Um, (laughs) But so yeah, those for anyone, are so good. For anyone who doesn't know already, yes. What how would you describe a blondie? So a blondie is a brownie's albino cousin is how mm-hmm. I would describe it. Mm-hmm. So the blondie is still the same consistency and shape of a brownie, but a different flavor profile altogether. Basically, it's a brownie without chocolate. And fun so fact. So maybe they could have called it a beige Well, fun fact. The blondie actually used to be called dun 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 the brownie. What? Uh-huh. Why was it called the brownie? Well, I had to dig around a little bit because I was like, huh, blondies aren't brown. So where did the term brownie come from? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns well, and out... What do you mean it was called the brownie? So the blondie was it turns out the blondie was actually the brownie. So there was no brownie as you think of it. As you currently think of a brownie, that didn't exist. The only hmm. thing that existed was a blondie, 
but it was called a brownie. So so a blondie is a brownie is a brownie is, a is not a blondie. Correct. So a brownie isn't a blondie, but a blondie is a brownie. Is a brownie. Oh, God. This is like those. Is a square a parallelogram or whatever? <laughs> Did you ever have those? Oh, I I'm sure, but that doesn't those. sound exactly like the phrase that I've heard. <laughs> or is a square a rectangle? There you go. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, is a cucumber I mean, a pickle? Is, but it is a oh, parallelogram, fuck. too. Is a pickle a cucumber? So at some grocery stores, they call cucumbers pickles. But they're not pickled cucumbers. Where the fuck have you gone? Specifically the Italian grocery store. (laughs) Not to throw Italians under the bus. (laughs) Oh, the one over there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's weird. It's like pickles. They call them pickles? But they're not pickled yet, so they're cucumbers. But anyway. They're unpickled pickles. You know, this might be an answer to find in a future episode. Yeah, holy (laughs) shit. I am so about that. Well, anyway, that was a totally different tangent (laughs) to open that up. Also, a hot dog is a sandwich. No. So. She's wrong. She puts ketchup on hot dogs. Anyway, continue. I am not from this area. (laughs) I am from way far west where ketchup on hot dogs is okay. It's delicious. All right. You know what? Let's just agree to disagree. And let's time travel into 1890 Chicago. <laughs> so imagine. White world. <laughs> okay, so you said when? So, Sorry, I'm, you know I'm really bad with dates. No, that's okay. So the 1890s. Okay. So at this time, the Civil War happened 30 years ago. Okay. There are still only horse-drawn carriages on the streets. Streets aren't paved. Completely dirty, muddy full of human and animal excrement. And I just want to say yes. the image of a horse drawing a carriage is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they would use pastels, clip crayons. Clip clop. <laughs> it's their part-time gig. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, horse drawn carriages 30 years after the Civil War. They would use charcoal, I feel. Hmm. Um, Sounds good. so yeah about 30 years after the civil war um chicago as a city like incorporated as a city chicago was only about 60 years old well it was incorporated as a town in 1833 then it became a city i think in the 1850s somewhere around there so it was was still very young but Mm -hmm. it was full of people for more context yes do you know when the chicago fire was well i'm glad you asked because that's actually part of our story today the chicago fire touched most everything about modern chicago history Mm -hmm. like that's what shaped the city and made it what it is today because before the chicago fire well architecturally speaking you didn't have very tall buildings but most of the buildings in old chicago were only Maybe three stories was the highest that you would go. Mm -hmm. Um, But then since everything got ruined with fire, all of the millionaires that lived in Chicago, because it was like the hip happening place, and it still is, um, but they all wanted to rebuild Chicago in its former glory. So then they built huge, elaborate, beautiful buildings, and that's what Chicago is known for is that 19th century architecture, which Mm -hmm. is beautiful. I love it. Um, So... Before we go to Chicago, actually, let me tell you about a person named Bertha Potter Palmer. 
Alrighty. This is where our story about the blondie begins. So, we'll call her BPP. Yeah. Well, oops. <laughs> Make out with the microphone, why don't you, idiot? So, she was born Bertha Mathilde Honoré. Uh, she was in, born in... In, in American? What's that? <laughs> that was her name. <laughs> no. Bertha Mathilde Honoré. There you go. <laughs> She's born in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. How do you say yeah. that? Louisville? Well, How apparently, do people say yeah, it? Apparently when you're there, you say Louisville. Okay. Louisville. Louisville. You have to look, <laughs> I think you have to look a little gross and go Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> but Louisville. So yes, she was born in Louisville, Kentucky in 1849. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who might might have just been offended by our Louisville pronunciation, but oh well. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she married Potter Palmer, who was an American businessman, and he was multimillionaire, lived in Chicago. He was 20 years her senior. So they got married in 1870, when she, I think, was in her 20s and he was in his 40s. Hmm. Um and um so they got married in 1870 and then she moved to chicago to live with him and as a wedding present he built her a hotel (laughs) and not just any hotel one of the most elaborate luxurious hotels in the entire city it's the palmer house hotel um so the chicago fire do you know what year it happened that was my question like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so the Chicago fire happened in 1871, which means a few months after the construction of this hotel, it burnt down. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Potter Palmer never wanted to be bested. He actually had the hotel rebuilt for Bertha. And when it opened in 1873, it had a mixture of... Um, of reviews ranging from complete disgust to complete awe because it was even more gaudy and ornate than uh, the previous one was. Like there was marble everywhere and gold stuff everywhere. It was just like a sight. I think the lobby today is still the same lobby from that time. But I could be totally off. I actually don't really know. But if you look at the lobby today, it's beautiful. But you can see where it would be like, whoa, y'all need to calm down and spend that money helping people, not just on building a hotel. Um, How long after the fire? Do you know? Before it was rebuilt? uh, It was rebuilt instantly. Oh, okay. Which, that's another problem. Most of the people in Chicago lived in shanties Mm. (laughs) after the fire. There's actually one of those shanties left. That's Hmm. converted into a tiny little house. So So, what does shanty mean? So it's not really a shanty. That's actually not a good word to use. But it was a tiny little um, makeshift cabin that the government was issuing for people who just lost their homes. So they weren't Hmm. just out because this happened in October. It's cold here in October. You can't just be out in the grass or whatever. Um, So the government issued uh, these little like single single room cabin kind of things that people could live in there. And then that's what they lived in while they tried to build their new houses or buildings or whatever. Hmm. But yeah, there's one left in the city and I want to go see it because it is so freaking cute. You can look (laughs) it up on Google Maps Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like painted this cute little blue and it's like so tiny because all the buildings are huge. It's like, it might be as big as this room. Like it's Mm. really small. 
because um, it was we only supposed a, to be temporary. We should put a link in the show notes so people oh, yeah. can see it. Link in show notes. <laughs> um, so yes. So anyway, <laughs> the Chicago fire happened. New Palmer House Hotel, 1873. Gaudy as shit. Just think of like the most elaborate 1800s gaudiness that you can. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Um, so in the Palmer House Hotel is where our story begins. 20 years later, in 1893. Do you know what happened in 1893 in Chicago? Columbus sailed the ocean three. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Good oh, try. Okay. <laughs> you know what? A for effort. <laughs> it was the World's Columbian Exposition. The World's Fair. Yep. Cool. So, and that one was in Chicago. Yes. So, yeah, before that, well, they've been all over the world. Um, but yeah, this one was in Chicago as a way to signify two things. First, Chicago rebuilding itself in 20 years from the uh, Chicago fire in 1871. So about 22 years. Okay. Um, oh, actually three things. The second was the incorporation of Chicago as a city or as a town in 1833, because then this was 60 years after that. The third thing was to commemorate the 400th year anniversary of Columbus discovering quotes <laughs> america mm-hmm. um so with this world's fair bertha potter palmer she was elected as president of the board of lady managers so at the fair there was the woman's building and the woman's building was where all the women could have fun and do their little things and um learn about modern house stuff and what to wear and... yeah you know they're lady stuff i know <laughs> so <laughs> offensive and ooh, how can you cook new things and anyway so she was the president and one day she was in charge of figuring out the lunches for the lady managers <laughs> i feel like it's getting good right here yes, <laughs> your voice is, is changing so... <laughs> the lunches for the, the lady managers <laughs> <laughs> do you see how anxious i am <laughs> So in her box lunch, she had everything figured out. She was having the chefs at the Palmer House Hotel um, make it for her because when you have a hotel, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, she found herself in a pickle <laughs> <laughs> because she didn't have a dessert. Mm. So she asked the pastry chefs, hey, can you come up with anything for me? I don't know what to do and I'm... A rich lady and I don't have to worry about these things. And they're like, ah, no problem, blondie. <laughs> That's a little later, but I like where you're going with that. Okay. <laughs> I like your uh, historical almost accuracy. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Here, history you... adjacent. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Ooh. You're the historian. I'm just the dummy listening. No, you're not dumb. <laughs> you're just adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> historian and That's dumb so adjacent. <laughs> no, but you go. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, So yeah, so she was in a pickle because she needed dessert. So then she was like, hey, can you guys make something? And they were like, yeah, I guess you pay us. Why not? So they came up with a little cake-like bar that had uh, apricot glaze on top or apricot. Sorry, however you want to say it. Some people say apricot. Like ape? Like yeah (laughs) that's where the fruit comes from (laughs) um you don't want to know how they get 
apricots. <laughs> apricots. There yeah. we go. So apricot glaze on top of the little cake-like thing and mm-hmm. then uh, chopped walnuts on top of that. Mm. But it did not have a name. However, to this day, the Palmer House Hotel claims that it was within their kitchen. This little cake-like thing was the first brownie. Mm-hmm. But there is a problem to this because historically speaking, chocolate brownies didn't exist then. Their current brownie that they sell and they say is the original recipe has chocolate in it. Hmm. So someone's lying <laughs> and I don't know who, but I, I saw that and I was like, well, if this is your original recipe, I think you fudged. Ah, fudged. Oh my God. <laughs> I think their original recipe didn't have chocolate because chocolate wasn't that common for that kind of a thing, I wouldn't think. Oh, I don't so, know. Yeah. yeah. I have oh. no idea during that time. Yeah, I wonder what happened. Well, well, now we have another mystery to, another question to answer, it sounds like. Well, yeah, because with the rest of my research, that didn't show up. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. I have a bone to pick with them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, so the original brownie. Mm-hmm came from the world's fair like that was the original brownie but the brownie it was brownie adjacent because it had apricot and walnuts the yes. walnuts though stuck around for a lot of them oh yeah but these were chopped on top mm-hmm. they weren't in it um, i actually remember growing up the really cheap like maybe little debbies or something i was just and those gonna had the say, walnuts on top. that's what i was thinking yeah. of i never had them but i saw them in the grocery store and they looked good mm-hmm. oh, did you ever have those christmas tree cakes by little debbies I don't think I have. Oh, my God. Those were the best they the, thing. They're pretty tall, though. They're right? like seven inches thick. Just kidding. Not that big. But they're like... <laughs> in a... it's, a, it's an actual, it's a an actual cake. <laughs> but there's single servings for children at school. <laughs> okay. No, those... So, um, the little cakes, about maybe an inch thick. Yeah, they're like about an inch thick. And they're shaped like a little Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And they're green, and then they have cream on the inside, but then it's like a cake. So it's, it's sort like, of like a like a ding-dong, right? Would you call them? <laughs> <laughs> but kind those of. are like, because it's the same company, so it's cake with a cream inside and maybe a chocolate yeah. coating. Like a, yeah, like a candy coating. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, chocolate yeah. coating, but like green. So it's like white chocolate coating. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. I don't know why. Those were like crack for me like whenever my mom would actually allow me to eat any kind of junk food because it was like never that was the one thing that i would freak the fuck out and like buy 10 of them when it was christmas time oh my god i could eat a whole box in one sitting oh man i wish they made those gluten and dairy free oh they kind of do that other brand whatever and we can figure it out too yeah oh Oh, wait Back yes. to the to the brownie. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just like ooh, salivating so, over other desserts. <laughs> okay, so that is the first uh, folkloric legend of the brownie is that version. Mm-hmm. But you said it didn't have a name. Correct. Okay. Not until 1896. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> we didn't have to have a soundboard where we put these things in. <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> Press that button again. <laughs> oh, that's going to hurt in people's ears. <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> or no one. Um, 
So yes, I'm glad you asked. So in 1896, a woman by the name of Fanny Farmer. Mm-hmm. And what did she farm? No. <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> that good old Fanny Farmer. <laughs> British people are like, who she say? <laughs> Sorry. Anywho. No, it's just butts. The Fanny. Yeah, it the is. Butt farmer. It is here. Mm-hmm. Not in other places. Well, yeah. We're sticking with or the butts. other places. Yeah. So... <laughs> what i just i feel like her son is seymour butts farmer (laughs) (laughs) anyway keep going (laughs) oh gosh um all right so 1896 yeah so you said fanny farmer yes 1896 fanny farmer published her uh first cookbook called the boston cooking school cookbook this was the first printed cookbook um, to use standardized kitchen measurements like cups, teaspoons, tablespoons, because before it was just a bit of this, a piece of that, one about this size and stuff like that, where it was like, well, nowadays, if you look at those cookbooks and you're like, oh, okay, well, a small potato. Well, now every potato is like huge because of GMOs. Then it's like, what's a small potato? Like define that for me. Or like a knuckle worth of cream or something. <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to, like, look at how different, (laughs) we would have some weird cakes. So, (laughs) anywho, so hers is cited as the first print version, like, of standardization of kitchen measurements, which is awesome. Um, And in addition to this, her cookbook is also, Uh oh, where the first printed version of the brownie exists. So that's three years after? Three years after Bertha Potter Palmer supposedly instructed people to make it, which I don't like that she gets the credit. I wish that the actual pastry chefs would. Like, mm-hmm. where are their names? Yeah. Oh, that would be another mystery to solve. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about Fanny Farmer. So she grew up in Boston. Before we get too far, though, how similar is it to the apricot one? Oh, we're going to get there. Don't you worry. (laughs) Okay. But before, I want to provide a little bit of context for how Fanny Farmer got here. Okay. So she grew up in Boston. She was born in 1857. When she was 16, though, she suffered a paralytic stroke. Mm. So that actually left her unable to walk. And then she was in high school, but she couldn't continue her education. And then college wasn't a thing for her either because she couldn't walk. Um though she did learn how to cook and she cooked for her mother's boarding house and her mother's boarding house actually became known for its exceptional cuisine so then at age 30 fanny farmer applied to the boston cooking school and she got accepted um and she rose through the ranks from student to assistant director to being the head of the boston cooking school how Mm. awesome is that um and that was just within a few years because by 1894, she was head of the Boston Cooking School, which is awesome. Um, so it was in 1896 then that she published her landmark cookbook. So the original recipe for brownies includes butter, powdered sugar, Puerto Rican molasses, very specific, <laughs> eggs, flour, and pecan meat. Mm. Yeah. Love that pecan meat. <laughs> Sounds like a punk band. Pecan meat. <laughs> so the, the pecans were probably on top, right? Or no? Or do you think it was 
So the pecans, I believe, I don't remember, actually. But, I mean, it does feel just very adjacent to the walnut. Yeah. And having that sprinkled on top. Yes, it was on top. <laughs> oh, no, it's just... I don't know, I panicked for a second. I was like, huh? <laughs> but yeah, so it would be sprinkled on top, but it didn't have apricot. Correct. Okay. So yeah, it was very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have the original recipe of the apricot one either. We just have the description, right? So Palmer House claims that they have the original recipe card, mm-hmm. but I would like to see it because they don't have it published anywhere. But then it's like, okay, well then where is it? If mm-hmm. you have nothing to hide, show it to me. <laughs> Come out with your hands the up. people want to know? <laughs> Let free the recipe card. <laughs> We're going to go out there and pick it uh-huh. as soon as all this is over. <laughs> um, hashtag coronavirus. So in eight, or no, 1906, there was a second, well, maybe not second. I think this might have been the second or third republication of Fanny Farmer's cookbook. And the recipes for the brownies, recipe for the brownies, sorry, I got excited, <laughs> had chocolate in it. Ooh. So it was in 1906 that the chocolate brownie became part of her cookbook. Mm-hmm. So, what the fuck happened to the blondie then? Well, because the blondie was the brownie. Exactly. So now the brownie is oh, blonde. So it was the molasses. I messed that up real big. The molasses is what made the brownie the brownie. So the new, so the, so the, the traditional blondie brownie yes. was changed to have molasses in it. The traditional blondie brownie from 1896 had molasses in it originally mm. that's what made it brown that's made the original one okay yes so that's why it was called a brownie however in 1906 with the new publication fanny changed it so that there was no molasses but it had chocolate instead and regular sugar so then it was well, very brown yes yeah so with the so the blondie though didn't die off at that time it was changed um, so it had brown sugar in it instead of molasses because that gave it a butterscotch flavor. So they actually became known as butterscotch brownies. So, um, yeah, so the chocolate brownie rose in popularity because most people love chocolate. And it like chocolate became more accessible at that time through the mass production of cocoa. Um And it wasn't until the 1950s. So um, the butterscotch brownie was just hanging out there. But then in the 1950s, it was called the blonde brownie. Um, But then it wasn't until the 1980s, supposedly, where food historians believe that it was actually called the blondie. Hmm. But yeah, isn't that interesting? So so wait, when when did the name pop up? Sorry. The 1980s. So the 1980s. My favorite time period ever. Ugh. Minus you. Ugh. I know. My mom's probably Dagger like, Dagger to my hell? heart. <laughs> my mom loves the 80s. And I'm like, oh, God. She loves the 70s and the 80s. And I'm like, those are the worst times ever. Ugh. I hate everything. But I grew up in the 90s. I'm just from the 80s. Yeah. About that. <laughs> but wait so blondie so yeah. back to that so the name it's weird with food because the history of things you can't really like 
yeah it's hard it to find well. where something would have like specifically come from yeah um but yeah so you said so the name so it became a butterscotch brownie correct and then the butterscotch brownie became the became blonde the blondie brownie. the blonde brownie and then the blonde brownie became the blondie huh i think because it was a mixture of blonde blonde and brownie mm-hmm. blondie and now the ones that we have are they're blondies but they still have chocolate so they're just not blended. Exactly. So the one full circle, the one at Picnic Austin. And the one that you make now. Yeah. It when has you have a recipe now chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. And some people put a bunch of random stuff in it. They put chocolate. They put fruit. Why are you putting fruit in a blondie? That's a Nutrigrain bar. There's <laughs> no point. But. No. But. No. Our good friend BPP. BPP. Put oh. <laughs> our good friend BPP Bertha Potter Palmer. <laughs> uh-huh. She put apricot on hers, so maybe she made it a glaze. That is sexy. <laughs> Having a glaze on your cake. Who doesn't want that? Hmm? Have you ever looked at a naked donut and been like, "I'm so sorry"? I have. <laughs> I love donuts, <laughs> especially when they're naked. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that's our mystery for today then. So yeah, that so, we've solved that you've solved. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> well, There's yeah. still a lot of patches. There's that... still questions. Yeah, but, I mean that's interesting. So the blondie was originally. Oh, oh. we have a visitor. Alpha just jumped up on the chair. Oh, the blondie he became. He wants to cuddle so much. Here, He's gonna rip your pants. So the blondie became the brownie, but it yes. was called the brownie. Correct. And then became. The bl- this is hard to say. So first, it was the brownie. It was the blondie that was called the brown. So basically, the brownie stole the show. It was like having. It was like when parents have a child. They have one child, and it's like a great fine kid. Then parents have a second child, and that child just fucking ruins everything, makes life miserable. I don't know because I'm an only child. I know it. <laughs> you say it like you were the first child, and there's someone who ruined your life. <laughs> I've heard it from other people. But yeah, so the brownie, the chocolate brownie came in and just stole the thunder of the blondie. And I hmm. feel bad for the blondie because they are delicious. So I'm they glad. They are so good. I'm glad that picnic brought it back and mm-hmm. honestly the blondie should be a thing again i feel like it's not like the chocolate chip cookie yeah whatever i get it <laughs> same with the chocolate brownie like bring back the blondie i miss the blondies but soon you're gonna have a blonde no wait do you already have it on your site i do you do <clears throat> so <laughs> so if you want to make a yes. blondie that has chocolate so not a chocolate not a chocolate blondie which became a brownie which then (laughs) i know sorry it's so confusing everyone no but if you want to make like a modern blondie without the apricot but with chocolate you can get it on amara's site yes you can at amaraandrew.com slash uh you can just go to the site yeah just go to my site you'll find it yeah Um, so that's (laughs) amaraandrew.com a-m-a-r-a-a-n-d-r-e-w.com one more time for everyone (laughs) we should make that little jingle but yeah so it's on the site you can read um if you got a little lost in the history i'm sorry but you can read all about it on the notes yeah it's on the blog on the blog sorry i was looking at little alpha um but yeah 
But yeah, so, so that's the story of that. And I had no idea that the blondie was possibly born, or the brownie, brownie blondie, whatever, was possibly born here in Chicago. And there's a lot cool? of foods that have come from here, right? Well, and especially from the 1893 World's Fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had uh, Heinz ketchup. Um, I'm blanking on everything Oh, no, else. you don't have to list them now, but maybe in the future we'll dive into more Chicago food history. Yeah, well, there was so much that came out of that fair just from a manufacturing standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's actually very impressive, even though it was a horrible atrocity against people not from America. <laughs> but save that for another time. I will. So, Try yeah, this. this is everything for today. Um, yes, it is. Thanks for listening. this episode of the podcast was brought to you by Built. Built? Built is our platform. Let yes. our be inspires. But and ours. built is what powers me. Yeah, built power powers you <laughs> as a robot. <laughs> power drone. But yeah, if you if you like us are sort of trapped inside for a little bit with your um, quarantine life right now with the coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Um, but maybe maybe you want to start creating something. Like this is our first episode of our first podcast yeah, together and the first Spire podcast. Yeah. Um, but if you want to start a website, start a business, um, whatever you want to do, you can go to built.co. That's B-Y-L-T.co. And from there you can find uh, minimalist web design and web hosting and all the things you need to get started. And we're there to help you along the way. But that's built.co, B-Y-L-T.co. And they're very helpful. <laughs> they answer my dumbest questions. And I can they. assure you there are many. <laughs> no. They answer. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> no, but if you want to work with us, um, yeah, head on over to Bilton. Take a look. And Milton. Bilton. <laughs> Bilton <laughs> Bradley. <laughs> it's it's, it's our board game company, Bilton Bradley. <laughs> I was going to say, is that the discount Hilton? Well, Bilton. <laughs> yeah, the Bilton. You built, <laughs> built it yourself. But yeah. Go to Bilt. Yeah, B-Y-L-T. Dot co. Anyway, so that's right. it. That's the show for today. So that was the Blondie. Yeah. So thanks and for listening. The first episode of Control F. Yes. So tune in next week where we'll talk about the history of dinosaurs. <laughs> the history of dinosaurs. <laughs> Your favorite modern friends. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know oh, yeah. what we're going to talk about. but Yeah, but um, yeah. be sure to oh, subscribe yeah. on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you, yeah, you're listening to right now. Follow and us on Instagram. Yeah. Amara underscore Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to list all this stuff every time. <laughs> but yeah, check the show notes and we'll have a bunch of links to yeah. where you can find us and who the hell we are. Yeah. And on Twitter at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't forget. HTTP <laughs> w oh wait HTTP colon slash slash www dot um oh no I messed it up H okay bye everyone <laughs> yeah thanks for listening we'll see you next time bye <laughs> be your best don't settle for less oh wait wait oh no what I we have one more segment what the joke of the day oh god what I is it I have mine for you <clears throat> okay I do. You don't have one, though. You don't need to have one. Because no, you had all the story going on. No. You say yours. <clears throat> so mine is more of another question that we're finding an answer to. Uh -oh. <laughs> <clears throat> My dear. Yes? What is the opposite of a waterfall? What's the opposite of water? A dry down? It's not bad. But the opposite of a waterfall is, of course, a firefly. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> and you love firefly <laughs> that was good okay so should we sign off now sure do you want to yeah you'll come up with one for next time yeah i mean i have a bunch oh, i'm yeah. a dad at heart so. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was the dad joke of the week yes Ugh. that's the the bad joke of the week i don't say dad joke of the week why not bad joke dad joke i don't want to be a dad if i'm saying them that's true anyway okay see ya <laughs> okay bye <laughs>